I said something Sunday, and I'm going to kind of marry what I've been talking about on Sundays and on Wednesdays tonight, kind of bring them together. Um, I said some Sunday, and if you didn't catch it, I want you to catch it tonight and write it down. We have a responsibility of daily walking in the word. Write that down. We have a responsibility of daily walking in the word. Write it down, highlight it, circle it or something. We have a responsibility of daily walking in the word. We want to get to a point where the word of God, write this down too, is enough. The word of God is enough. The word of God is enough. In Genesis 1 and 3, um, when God said, let there be light, and God was not making a confession. Um, light was in God, and God was releasing truth. And he has been, go, go to Psalms 119 and 160. I didn't know that many verses. I mean, Psalms 119 and 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning. Thy word is true from the beginning. Go to John chapter 17. So in the beginning, God released truth. Uh, wasn't releasing a confession that we have to believe we receive. He was releasing truth from his from who he was and and anything um, write, write a lot of this down anything and anybody competing with what God has established as truth is a liar had Adam simply just kept with what God said um, it would have kept them free as long as they were operating in the truth that God had released, that God had programmed in them, their life was good. Because the intent and outcome of truth is always freedom. I'm going somewhere with this tonight. Write that down. The intent and outcome of truth is always freedom. The intent and outcome of a lie is always bondage. And just like in Genesis, the enemy is still competing for the soul of men, just like he did with Adam and Eve. When something appears that contradicts the word, the truth, it is on assignment to initiate, to set up, or to cause bondage in your life. Understand that. Whenever something appears to contradict the truth of the word of God, his truth has been the truth since the beginning. Even if it seems good or sounds good, if it goes up against the truth, it is, it is, it is getting you on course for bondage. Now go to John chapter 17 and look at verse number 14. I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world I pray this is key verse 15 that thou shouldest take them out of the world don't take them out but keep them from the evil they are not of the world even as I am not of the world verse 17 here we go sanctify them through thy truth and thy word is truth. Sanctify them. Write this down for sanctify. The process of being set apart. Um, not, not from people, but from the system of the world. He just told you, um, don't take them out from the people. I need them in there but protect them from the evil. How do you do that? By abiding in and, and, and remaining in and 
and continuing in the word, which is the truth of, 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 of what we believe and what we should be living on. Look, look, look at this other definition for sanctified. It is when we live according to God's design and purpose. When we live according to God's design and purpose. The word that you abide and are constant in then becomes the authority in your life. I need you to follow me tonight. The word that you abide and are constant in. Nothing here says read or hear a message. It says that you abide and are constant in. And that has become an issue in the body of Christ at large that very few people remain and are constant in the word. It's a casual approach. And even in that approach, we don't approach it to, to hear and to do. We, 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 get, we get used to taking in the word because that's what believers do. We go get more word. It's good word. We, 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 we post about the word we receive. With, with little intent to remain in it, to continue in it, to labor in it, to, to dig deep in it, to become one with it. And I just told you, his, the, the, the intent of truth is to bring us to places of freedom in every area of our life. But it doesn't just come through us hearing the word. It comes through us abiding in the word and remaining in the word and continuing in the word. And, and here's the thing. Well, it don't just come from hearing. It comes from doing. But you won't even do until you abide. If you're not abiding, because abiding is what pushes you to do. So if you're not constantly and con- con- I'm not telling you to, to every day drive with a Bible on your lap. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to, to make it a priority in your life to every day walk in the word. Yeah. Just like you every day brush your teeth, I hope. And every day you take a shower, I hope. And every day you certain things you do every day. You do them every day. You stop and get your coffee every morning. You go to lunch at 12 noon every day. You take the same train. It's routine. And you abiding in the word must become routine for you. And most believers, even in this season, are are frustrated. They're mad with God. They're questioning what they believe because they've never abided in the word. And the word has never become real to them. It's never come off the pages and become some beyond what the preacher's talking about or what you heard on the CD or what you read in the book. This thing has become real to me. It's become revelation to me. The eyes of my understanding have now been opened and I now see what I couldn't see in the word that I, that's been on my lap all this time. And until you get to that place, you'll walk in circles. You'll walk in cycles. And, and after a while, that circle gets old and you, said, you start to question even the whole Christian thing. Because you're putting your weight on something that's not even real to you. It's, it's, like, it's like going through life and always talking about what your grandmother did and she prayed for me. And, and grandma used to always say this and grandma used to always say that. And that's good, but what does that really mean to you? Because he really was a doctor for grandma. And you can't build your belief off of somebody else's position. But that's what we've been doing. And then when life comes at us, we, 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 we run to something that we think we have an inventory and we don't. And so you have, you have frustrated believers all over the place because they have not got to this place where the word is enough. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. It must be enough. We have, we have got a lot of things and added it to our Christian walk, which means the word is not enough. So, so, so then what happens, I, my walk becomes about everything else but the word. Even my local church becomes about my serving and my friends and who I've met down there. And it's not even about the word anymore. And, and, and this is what's causing people to say, wait a minute now. And, and here's what the enemy said, you just in the wrong church. People leave churches and come here because and, and they come and I love my this church because I've been in my other church for 13 years and I learned more here in the first week that I was here. And they give you all that fluff and all that icing on the cake and they still ain't doing nothing with the word. 
you could have stayed over there then. So it's, it's not about you flipping houses. It's not about you getting a new pastor all the time. That's important. But it's about what am I going to do in this new place that I didn't do in my old place. And then we say, you know what? Skip it. This stuff don't even work. No, no, it works. It's like it's like throwing out a television because it, it you have been pushing these buttons and it didn't work. But but you didn't read through the manual. And that manual didn't become one with you. So you ain't got to read it every time you go in there to, to operate your television because you know it now. And we still running for a confession when something happens that should be in you. It should be continually coming out of you. It should be your initial automatic response to life. That's how you know you're abiding. When you're, you ain't got to, you ain't got to, they ain't got to pray you to that point. Ain't nobody got to, got to, got to walk you to that point. When your initial response to life and all that life brings is the word, you know you're abiding in it because it's coming up out of you in every area. So, Second Timothy chapter three, it says all Scripture, verse sixteen, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Can you say profitable? profitable? Profitable for doctrine. This is very important in the season that we are living in because there are one million times two doctrines. And before we wrestled with the doctrines of other religions. Now there's multiple doctrines in Christendom. But this word is profitable for that, um, for reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Look at this, that the man of God, that's not, that don't exclude the women. That's, the, the man of God may, talking about human, um, may be perfect. Yeah. Right in your notes, developed and mature. We're talking about developing um, in our God likeness. We're talking about dealing with our soul. It says this word, the scripture, is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. And it's profitable that you may be developed and mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Notice the maturing comes before the good works. The maturing, the developing comes before you jump out to walk in these works. And so, so, so that's why Joshua says this book of the law, meaning abide in it. It, it, it meditate day and night. That don't mean you need to be mumbling all the time. You know what they're saying? It's, it's saying get it, get it, get in a place where you have constant. Look at this internal dialogue with God, fellowship, internal dialogue with God. You and Him, you and Him are not just one because they told you that. But but I'm I'm connected with Him, and even when you even even. In your prayer time, remove all of the, the, the church and religious stigma off of it. When I was riding here tonight and, and I was listening to a CD and I heard the Lord say, clear, turn that off. I just want, I, I want you to talk to me. So I'm just riding in the car like I'm talking to somebody sitting in another seat, but I'm just talking to God. There's no therefores and thuses and thous and 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 oh most highest. There's none of that. It's like, okay, God, the season that I'm in, what we doing here? And what do you need me to be doing right now? And I appreciate what's happening, but something I don't understand. I'm trying to control it, but I know I shouldn't be. And we're just talking. And, and some of us still stuck on. I'm praying when I get home because I got a closet and I got a candle I light. And I, you, you 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 ain't got to do all that. <laughs> You've been to miss God waiting to get home to get in your closet. He want to talk to you right now. He want to tell you don't go down Madison because it's, it's traffic over there. Are you listening to me? Okay, go to John 8. Go to John 8. Now, I'm not talking about being, being super saved. That's, that's self-righteous stuff. I ain't talking about you being, I, I'm talking about being spiritual. Because you can't be no more saved than you already are. But you can't grow in the things of God. But you, you, you trying to get more saved, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm about as saved as I'm going to be. My spirit is born again, it's brand spanking new, and I'm heaven ready. 
if I die now, I'm going to be with Jesus. Period. Are you listening to me? Well, I'm really not sure. Well, you may want to figure that out. See, Um, and he spoke, verse 30, and he spoke these words and many believed in him. Underline that. Many believed in him. And then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word. Now, now they believed in him, but that wasn't enough. He says, now you got to abide in my word. He says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It'll produce freedom in every area of your life, but you got to go back to this abiding peace. Knowing the truth, having Holy Spirit reveal the word to you at the level of your understanding that's going to birth courage for you to obey. It's going to birth courage for you to obey what's been revealed to you. And most people in the body of Christ are not doing this. We're simply Elder Whit Heaven Church. That's why we have good seasons and bad seasons. All of us. But we got to get to a place. We're getting to a place. It's the season where God is resetting everybody to get back to a place where you're going to be with me. That book ain't going to work no more. And that CD ain't going to work no more. And your your little prayer circle ain't going to work no more. It's going to be me and you in this season. And everything you've been running to, it's not going to work this time. Because we've, we've, we've built gods with people. You've made our press circles and our prep partners gods. We go to them first. And, and, and they satisfy us and they make us feel good. I'm good now. And God says, no, I need you running to me. Let's talk a while. Let me help you with some things. Let me, let, let me, let me make what you've been hearing all your life real to you. Revelation. Revelation, 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 revelation. Holy Spirit reveals the word to you at the level of your understanding. Stop saying, I I ain't smart as the elders and I ain't smart. No, no, at the level of your understanding, he reveals it to you, which gives you courage to obey what's been revealed, thus producing freedom in your life. He says, if you abide in my word, then you're my disciples. Write this down. Disciples are disciplined ones, which means we have to stay in the word we started. Notice it says continue, which means you started there. Continue in my word, which means we started there, then something got us off. Here is the sad thing about it, Drew. A lot of times what gets us off is church. It wasn't some demon spirit. It was church. What I mean by church, meaning things that you've allowed to occupy, occupy your space with God, with serving or coming or going. You heard the saying, you know, we, we serve in God, but don't know the God that we're serving. All that is true because it's occupied the space that he belongs in. So we started here, but we didn't continue in that. You came here and you were excited about the word and you didn't care if you was allowed to sing or pray or usher, greet. I just came to get the word. I heard about this church and the word is going forth. I want to get the word of God. And then somewhere you started serving and you started hanging out and you got in these groups and you did this and the word started going down, down, down on the scale. So I'm still here and I still love my church, but the reason I came is lost in the clutter of everything else now. And that's when, when this gets lost in the clutter and all this is above that, this stuff will take you out of the place that brought you here. Yeah. Are you listening to me? He says, continue, which means and I, I stopped that says, oh, that means we started, but we didn't, con- we didn't finish. We didn't stay the course, not, not stay in the course enough to get what you want, get some stuff. I, I got that word. I stopped smoking. I'm good now. No, he wants you to continue. Are you listening? Okay, go to go to Second Corinthians. Continue implies that you started, but starting is not enough. We got to continue. Um, write this down. 
continue until we're saturated, flooded. What did I tell you, John? John 15. We must abide in this word until what I'm hearing becomes revelation to me and not just information. You know you have reached revelation. You know this thing has become real to you. It's, how you, it's one of the ways you'll know. Because the, har- the harassment of the enemy goes to another level. <laughs> Once you grab a hold of something, it becomes real to you. And it's a matter of time before, because before, you're working on some things with it. And it's about to manifest and blow up. And, and you're about to see this greatest season stuff you've been talking about. The harassment picks up speed. We always talk about the thorn in Paul's flesh. Um, if you read the scripture, before it says the enemy came with the thorn or buffeted him with the thorn, it talks about the abundance of revelation Paul had. Ooh. The abundance of revelation. That's why, the, and there's still this big thing about what was Paul's thorn. What, what was it? I think the point of the whole passage is to show you that once you get to a place of revelation, because revelation is not just sermons and talking about the word, it is, it, it is you've, you've got hold of something now. Yeah. That's, that's not even for you to teach or preach. You're about to, you're about to turn your life upside down. Yeah. Something has become real to you. Something you've been looking at for a long time. I can't, oh, oh, oh. And here comes the harassment take you off course it's people of God understand this the enemy is not some bad dude that just want to make sure your coffee get cold quick or something like that he's an assassin I don't care if you've been saved two days 20 years you're a bishop or whatever you are, he's an assassin. But this word is designed to, well, let me show it to you. Go, go, go to what I tell you, go. John 15. Mm -hmm. I think I want to go somewhere first before that. Yeah, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews 4. This is how I know that in the home, men are supposed to make the coffee. Because Hebrews. Some of y'all won't even laugh, but that's okay. That was good, wasn't it? See, that was a good one. <laughs> Hebrews 4. Just to tell your neighbor, say, it's okay to laugh. It's okay. Your day been long enough. Don't let the enemy steal your night. You can laugh. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Verse 12. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even. The dividing. You could put line there. Asunder of. This is how you know the difference. People say your soul and spirit the same thing. No. Asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And look at this. And is a discerner. Of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We, we, we normally look at this as it relates to somebody else's heart. And we always walk around discerning everybody else. 
the word received, write this down, with the submissive heart produces discernment in you. But here is what this is. It is the ability to recognize God's thoughts and ways from all others. I'll give it to you again. Receive with a submissive heart produces discernment in you. Here is the part we don't usually go to. It produces a discernment in you for you. It's the ability to recognize God's thoughts and ways from all others. It helps me to see what I don't see about me. It sharpens my spiritual senses to know what's wrong and right in me. And each time you commit to submit to continuing in the word, it sharpens that discernment. Thus giving the assassin little place. This is how, this how you give them no place. Here's what it does. Here's what it does. When you continue in it, it, it silences and it chokes out desires, thoughts, and intents that don't come from the word. Not an outside discernment, but an internal discernment. It, it's a discernment that keeps my life governed. Write all this down. Controlled and prompted by the word. Y'all got all that? No? Okay. What didn't y'all get? None of it, huh? Okay. All right. It's an ability to recognize God's thoughts and ways from all others. It helps me to see what I don't see about me. Because most discernment you see in church is everybody discerning somebody else. I picked this up in the spirit and I saw that and I discerned that. And a lot of our discernment, if it's not coming from a place of abiding in him, is really just a critical spirit. Because some stuff you ain't got to discern. You, you, if Witt sit here every week, every week he sit here and you didn't see him two weeks, I kind of picked up, brother, you've been missing. We know he's been missing. He, you, you, Oh, a lot of it is it's, it's a digging spirit. All, all is good, all is well. Cause you ain't been sitting there. I had to work, man. I'm good. It's not, it's not discernment. It's digging, which comes from a busy spirit. Each time you submit to commit to the word, to continue in the word, it sharpens that discernment. What discernment? Of me seeing what's up with me. Because the goal of truth. Is to get you the freedom. To make us all better. How many of y'all want to be better? We all want to be better. Got things you want to work on. Raise your hand. You want to be better? That's what the word does. For all of us. For me the teacher. You the student. Is all of us are the same. All of us. I don't, just, I don't go to sermon.com and get this. I walk through, the, I walk through this stuff myself and, 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 and just because I'm up here giving it to you don't mean I got an A in the class already. Come on. Come on. That's good. It just means there's, there's, there, there's a grace on my life to do this. That's why I was put in this office. It's an office. Yeah. That's why I, I know. I'm, how many of y'all heard me say, thank y'all for letting us grow with y'all. Now, I'm supposed to stay ahead of the game, but, but I, I don't have A's in all the classes. I'm walking this thing out, too. Sometimes you, you want to be like, oh, okay, I got that. The whole love piece, I don't want love right now. The patient piece, I don't want to be patient right now. But this word is designed to keep you before you. <laughs> and if we could just get to that place... We ain't got, that'll stop all of the gossip in there because we ain't got time to deal with nobody else. Because I got me in front of me. 
And, I, and, and this discernment is helping me to identify what's up with me because I'm trying to get to the next place and I don't want to take this crap to the next place with me. And this word is designed to flush you at every level before you go to the next one. Yep, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Because the next, the next level is, is, is he's committed to getting you there, but, but he's got to get some stuff out of you on each platform. And, and so this, I wish, again, I wish it was as easy as us just coming to the altar and getting prayer and it was all gone. We got to work this word. Amen. It helps me to see what I don't see about me. The last one I said was, it's an internal discernment that keeps my life Governed, controlled, and prompted by the word. The word governs my life. The word, you, people, people said this in church. They said this. The word is the final authority in my life. It is the, I, I don't know what final means. That means you had a, some other ones first and then you got, it is, it is the governing authority. But that's not true if you're not abiding in the word. Because the governing authority means my entire life is governed by the word. I do nothing without my conversation with God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's prompted by the word. It's controlled by the word. Now I can say it is the governing authority in my life. I don't make a move. I don't buy a car. I don't buy a house. I don't get married. I don't date. I don't, re- I don't do nothing without running it through the word. Yeah. Well, you got to look up that in the Bible. no. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And the word became flesh. So have a little talk with Jesus before you do anything. Mm. We ain't got to be that deep. Again, I ain't deep, but spiritual. There's a difference. There's a difference. Spiritual and deep is two different things. Because you got some, some deep weirdos in church. You deep, but you weird. You, you wacky. You, and what you doing don't even make sense. And I can't even find it in the word, but you deep. <laughs> me and lady about coming one time, and, and she had a word for me, but she came first and she says, "Shut up." <laughs> and I said, "That's the end of that." But I don't want to hear you got to say. Because that's not spiritual. You're trying to be deep. You done learned some stuff. You done picked up. You done added stuff to you. Ain't just, what, what did God tell you for me? Just give me that. Yeah. What, is, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That, that. Jesus, Jesus walked up on demons and said, come out. He didn't say, shh, he didn't do none of that. <laughs> and if he did do something that was unorthodox, that was results at the end. That's right. yeah. He spit on the ground yeah. and made a little mud pie and put on dude's face. Yeah. Okay, Jesus, I'm going to sit through this. <laughs> but I'm about to be able to see when you get through. <laughs> this mud on you, you didn't spit on this. Yeah. All right, let's see what's. Yeah. And we got too much in church. Spooky stuff with no results. That's right. You done threw four towels at me, three things of oil. You done had me turn around, and I still limp back to my seat like this. Yeah. Some, no, something some ain't right. So what was all, and I'm talking, we, we all got to, we, we all got to, we all got to, got to. It's, de-learn ain't a word, is it? De-learn. Unlearn. Where'd I get de-learned from? Okay, we got to unlearn some stuff that God didn't teach us. A lot of it was never even taught to us. We caught a lot of stuff and just went on doing it. And, and, and I'm, God will sometimes prompt you to do certain things. But if you're just doing it because I, I learned that, I learned when I pray, I got to blow on you. And it's like, dude, did you have a mint before service? You blowing on me.
Romans 12. <laughs> go, to, go to Acts 20. I keep giving y'all all these. Because I have some things I want to go through, but I'm just kind of flowing with this now. Because I, yeah. Can I just do that? Is it okay? Okay, so go to John 15. They, they, the Bible never, just think about that. The Bible never clearly, you can study it through, but there's no definite thing of what that thorn was, Elder. Which proves that you don't have to start a thorn ministry. Which means your misery ain't necessarily your ministry. Some stuff we've been taught wrong. Because you went through that, now it's got to be my platform. That don't mean that. Because even believers can't handle your old platform sometimes. You sitting in somebody's house eating dinner, and you a good brother from the church, and they say, I love this brother, been in church five years, I had him over for dinner, and y'all strike him and come say, you say, yeah, I was, I was locked up for 10 years. You've been locked up. Okay, dinner's over. We can... <laughs> People can't handle it. And I went through, I went through the scriptures and I went through some commentaries and there is no clear thing of what that thorn was. Okay, that's another subject. John 15. I was just thinking about that. Sometimes in your study, you, you get on these little rabbit trails. You study this and you end up looking at this and you start chasing. That's kind of like Facebook. You go on one page and you go to the next page and, and you've been on there for an hour and a half. Yeah clicking and looking at pictures and getting mad and just come off of there. My mom, my mom thinks Facebook is a devil. I said, it's not the devil. It's a tool. It's all in how you use it. I, I, this, all, the, y'all, all this stuff sound great tonight. Because it's all plugged in the walls back here using electricity. Great. But you go back in and take a fork and put it in one of those things, you're going to fry yourself. Yeah. You can't say electricity is bad. No, you stuck a fork in the outlet. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody stuck their thing in there, plugged it up and blow dried their hair and went on to work looking beautiful. And you stuck a knife in there and killed yourself. It's, it's the same electricity. Yeah. Is how you using it. That is, that's wisdom with something like that. And write this down. And wisdom violated always produces chaos. That's for, that's for chaos in your life right now, chaos in my life right now, somewhere you violated some wisdom. I didn't violate nothing. That was the devil. You violated some wisdom. You went to a financial class and they told you to save some money every month, you know, put some things to the side, you know, for rainy days. And you're like, I ain't got to do all that. You violated the wisdom. Now the washing machine broke. You ain't got no money to fix it. Now you got to walk down to the laundromat. You done dropped the bag in the street, trying to cross the street to go to the, you got all this chaos going on now. Because you violate the wisdom of saving some money every month. <laughs> okay, John 4, 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. Circle that. You gotta 
become one with the Father. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And if you abide in me and my words live in you. This is the part that we, we normally read 15 and 7 only. We rush through, abide in me and my words abide in you and we get to this part. Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Exceeding great and precious promise. But you can't drop down to verse 7b and skip verse 7a. Because here in verse 8 is my father glorified. He's glorified when you bear fruit. And you get the trophy because you're a disciple now. Everybody's not a disciple. You can be a Christian but not a disciple. Because disciples are those who study the word, who who continue in the word, who, who are disciplined in the sayings and, and, and practices of Jesus. That's a disciple. And he gives you things in scriptures that identifies if you want. He says, if you love one another, now you're my, my disciple. These are people in masses. They had all got saved when he preached to them. He said, now you want to be my disciple? Do this. Continue in my word. Want to be a disciple? Love your neighbor. Want to be a disciple? Do A, B, and C. Which means you can be a believer, but not a disciple. That song is for those that are not saved. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be one of his disciples. We shouldn't be singing that 30 years in. That, that song not for us. Because we should be established as a follower of Jesus. His ways become my ways. His thoughts become my thoughts. And my life produces what he intended for it to produce. So I can be a representation of him in the earth. And with that last statement I just said, we all got work to do. It's continual. So our marriages can represent him. So our children can represent him. So our money can represent him. So, so all, everything can represent him. That's why he said, don't take them out the world. Leave them in there. Leave them in there so I can get their soul right and, and get them in my word so they can represent me. So they can look like me. Talk about the mirror in James. Go back there. Go to James 1. Are y'all getting this? And y'all got that ethics and it just feel like a refrigerator in here now. Y'all cold too? Make sure I bring my skull cap next win. <laughs> Verse 21, James 1. They added Freon to the units. They must have put some Holy Ghost Freon in there. <laughs> Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls, which is able to, the discernment piece, write this down, to identify all inner wickedness is able to identify all inner wickedness so be verse 22 be doers of the word be 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 those that continue in the word because if you don't then you're going to deceive yourself which means you're going to be looking for fruit at the end of the day from word seed that you didn't plant that, that, that's why people are frustrated. Because they're, they're looking for word fruit, but never planted word seed. Yeah. Now they're mad. That's good. 
frustrated because I thought by now this should be happening, but you didn't do this part. Or you think because it's happening for your brothers, it's just going to make it happen for you. And there's a part we have to play. We have, I started by saying this. We have a responsibility of walking daily in the word. I told a young man that he says, I ain't got time to read the Bible every day. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't debate with him. I, didn't, I said, okay, well, praise the Lord, brother. I ain't got time to read the Bible every day. And some of y'all said, oh, and some of you would never say that, but you don't do it. For if anyone, verse 23, is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was, what kind of man he was in that mirror for 30 minutes every morning. Uh, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty looks into the word and continues in it. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a uh, doer of the work, the I like how this King James doesn't say a door of the word, but the work. Because it's work, dear friends. And sometimes, just like your natural job, you don't want to get up and go. You don't want to do it. Same thing. You, you know payday on the 15th, but I just don't feel like going today. You, you, ever, you ever had a job and you work hourly and you know if you don't go, you don't get paid? But she's like, I don't care. I don't feel like going today. Yeah. Same thing with this. Some, you, you know the outcome of this word working, but sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. That's why our feelings have no place in this equation. Because yeah. it'll have you like a roller coaster, Jack. Like, I feel good today. And then my woo. Maybe taking curves and you like, and you wonder what happens. And at the end of the ride, all you got is dizziness so look looking in the perfect law of liberty and continues in and it's not a forgetful here but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does be empowered to prosper write that down in his doings Colossians 1 come on Colossians 1 Yes, Lord. <sighs> Y'all in Colossians? Go to Acts 20. <laughs> verse 32. In the Amplified. Acts 20, verse 32 in the Amplified. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. This is Paul. Um, he's been with the church of Ephesus, or the Ephesians church, for three years, and now he's getting ready to leave. Um, and they were concerned about, okay, what are we going to do now? Paul finna go. And Paul says, and now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge entrusting you to his protection and care and I commend you to the word of his grace to the commands and counsels and promises of his undeserved and unmerited favor it is the word is able to build you up yeah. to be, underline that or write circle that or something because when you said, in Christian, you said build up, you think, I'm going to encourage you, build you up, make you feel better. If you study it, that's a construction term. It means the word can build something in your life from the ground up. Able to build you up and to give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones. We started talking about being set-apart. Those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. That's strong right there. Transformed of soul. So your transformed soul, which the word does, positions you to receive your inheritance. What inheritance? The exceeding great and precious promises we talked about last Wednesday night. 
You get the word in. It builds you up. It changes your soul. It transforms your thinking, choosing, feeling, intellect, emotions, all of that. And now it positions you to receive the great and exceeding and precious promises. So we can not just sing about them and wear them on t-shirts. We can actually have them in our lives. Last scripture, Hebrews 5. Hmm. Yeah. Hebrews 5. 5. What's happening? No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start there because if I start there, it's gonna take me down another road. And I don't want to start there and not be able to finish because there's too much there. Okay. So write in your notes so we'll remember next time. We'll start with, um, I'll make myself a note here too. We'll start with confronting our carnality by the word. Because that, that's one of the words we don't even hear anymore. When I grew up, I heard that word all the time. If, if you sneeze too loud, you was carnal. But I'm going to, we're going, we're going to walk through this via the word. Um, and we're going to remove all of the fat from it too. Because a lot of what we refer to as carnal, we didn't even have any scripture backing for it. Um, so we want to unfold what it is and how to confront ours by the word. Okay? Did y'all receive something from the word tonight?